0: Hello everyone, and welcome to 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales. There have been many stories told about Robin Hood and his band of merry men, and there have been just as many professors of history arguing over whether he really existed or not. Know ye this, Robin Hood not only lived, he still lives, in the hearts and minds of those everywhere who believe in the goodness of men and the fight for freedom from tyranny. Robin Hood had but one love in his life, and this story tells of the day he met her. The story is originally told in prose, also called Garland. The original text offered here within the story. From the English and Scottish Popular Ballads by Francis James Child, 1888 A bonny fine maid of noble degree, Maid Marian, called by name, Did live in the north of excellent worth. FOR SHE WAS A GALLANT DAME. FOR FAVOR AND FACE AND BEAUTY MOST RARE, QUEEN HELEN SHE DID EXCEL, FOR MARIAN THEN WAS PRAISED OF ALL MEN THAT DID IN THE COUNTRY DWELL. T'WAS NEITHER ROSAMOND NOR JANE SHORE, WHOSE BEAUTY WAS CLEAR AND BRIGHT, THAT COULD SURPASS THIS COUNTRY lass, BELOVED OF LORD AND KNIGHT. THE EARL OF HUNTINGTON, NOBLY BORN, THAT CAME OF NOBLE BLOOD, TO MARION WENT, WITH A GOOD INTENT, BY THE NAME OF ROBIN HOOD. LONG BEFORE ROBIN HOOD CAME TO LIVE IN Sherwood, A FOREST THAT HE, AS THE EARL OF HUNTINGTON, WOULD GO TO TO HUNT, FOR THERE WAS AN ABUNDANCE OF WILD ANIMALS IN THAT FOREST. IT WAS THERE THAT HE SHARPENED HIS SKILLS WITH BOW AND ARROW, AND BECAME AN EXPERT MARKSMAN. It was called the royal forest, because the king claimed sovereignty over all the men and animals there, and although men could hunt there, they could not hunt or kill deer or wild boar. That was allowed only by nobles under the direct authority of the king. One day, while Robin was hunting in the forest, he met a most beautiful lady. She was dressed in green velvet, the color of the grass in spring. Robin thought she looked like a queen. He had never seen anyone so lovely. Her gait it was graceful, her body was straight, and her countenance free from all pride. A bow in her hand and a quiver of arrows hung dangling down by her side. Her eyebrows were black, aye, and so was her hair, and her skin was as smooth as glass. Her visage spoke wisdom and modesty, too. Suits, with Robin Hood, such a lass. And so Robin watched this beautiful lady shooting, and thought he'd never seen anything so fine in all his life. He loved her from the very first moment he saw her. Oh, how sweet it would be if this dear lady would be my bride, he sighed to himself, though he did not even know her name. He soon found that she was called Marion, and that her father was the noble Earl of Fitzwalter, who had come to live at a castle not far from Robin's own home. After this first chance meeting, Marian and Robin met each other very often. They used to hunt together in the forest, and came to love one another very much indeed. They loved each other so much that Robin asked Marian to marry him, so that they might never be parted any more. With kisses sweet their red lips meet, for she and the Earl did agree. In every place they kindly embrace, with love and sweet unity." "'Marion said yes, and Robin thought he was the happiest man in all the world. "'She went back to her own home with her father, to prepare for the wedding, "'which was to be in a few days. "'But just then, a terrible misfortune happened to Robin. "'He lost his home, and his title, and everything he had. "'And commoners couldn't marry to a class above their own. "'It would bring shame to her family. "'So fortune-bearing these lovers a spite, thus soon they were forced to part.' To the merry green wood went Robin Hood, with a sad and sorrowful heart. When Robin lost all his money and lands, and had no house but only the green wood to live in, he said, I cannot ask a gentle lady to come and live this rough life with me. I must say good to my dear Marion forever. So he wrote a sad letter, telling her of all the terrible misfortune that had befallen him. I shall love you always, he said. But this life is too hard for a sweet and gentle lady, so I will never see you more. Good bye. Marian was very, very sorrowful when she had read Robin's letter. She cried all day long as if her heart would break. She was very sad and lonely now, and all the world seemed dark and heavy. It seemed as if the sun had forgotten to shine and the birds to sing. At last, She became so miserable that she could bear it no longer. I must go into the green wood and look for Robin, she said. Perhaps if I see him again, the pain will go out of my heart and the weariness from my feet. And Marian, poor soul, was troubled in mind for the absence of her friend. With finger and eye, she often did cry, and his person did much commend. Perplexed and vexed, and troubled in mind, she dressed herself like a page, and ranged the wood to find Robin Hood, the bravest of men in that age. It was a long way to Sherwood Forest. Marion knew that it wasn't safe for a beautiful lady to travel so far by herself. She feared the robbers and the wild, wicked men she might meet. So she dressed herself like a knight, all in shining armor. She wore a steel helmet, with a white feather as a crest. OVER HER LOVELY FACE SHE DREW A STEEL CHAIN COVER CALLED A VISOR, WHICH KNIGHTS USED TO WEAR. IT KEPT THE FACE FROM BEING HURT BY ARROWS AND SWORDS IN BATTLE, AND ALSO, IF A KNIGHT WISHED NOT TO BE KNOWN, IT PREVENTED PEOPLE FROM SEEING HIS FACE ALTOGETHER. WITH QUIVER AND BOW, SWORD, BUCKLER AND ALL, THUS ARMED WAS MARION MOST BOLD. SHE WANDERED ABOUT TO FIND ROBIN OUT, WHOSE PERSON WAS BETTER THAN GOLD. Now Robin was very fond of disguising himself. He was very clever at it, too. Often his dearest friends couldn't recognize him when they met him dressed like someone else. One day he dressed himself as a Norman knight, pulled his visor over his face, and went out into the forest in search of an adventure. He had not gone far before he met another knight, in shining armor and a white crest. He put on a deep and terrible voice and called out in Norman French, "'Stop, Sir Knight of the White Feather!' "'No one passes through the forest without leave from me. "'I give leave only to those whose errand is good "'and whose name is fair. "'What is your name, and where are you going?' "'And Marion, for of course it was she, was very frightened. "'Robin's voice sounded so gruff and terrible "'that she did not know it, and she couldn't see his face. "'She thought he was some wicked Norman knight. "'Without saying a word, she drew her sword and prepared to fight.' Ah! said Robin, you refuse to answer. Your errand must be evil if you cannot tell what it is. Fight then, false knight. He too drew his sword, and the fight began. Though Robin was taller and stronger than Marian, she used her sword so cleverly that he found it hard to get the better of her. He could not but admire the skill and grace with which she defended herself. It is wonderful that a knight so young and so slender. "'should have such strength and quickness,' he said to himself. "'I would he were one of my men.' They fought for more than an hour. Marion was wounded in the arm. Robin had a cut in his cheek, where the point of her sword had pierced his visor. Marion was growing tired, however. Robin began to feel sorry for the young knight, who had fought so skillfully and well. "'Oh, hold thy hand, hold thy hand,' said Robin Hood, "'and thou shalt be one of my string.' TO RANGE IN THE WOOD WITH BOLD Robin Hood, AND HEAR THE SWEET NIGHTINGALE SING. ROBIN HAD FORGOTTEN THAT HE WAS PRETENDING TO BE A haughty NORMAN KNIGHT, AND HE SPOKE IN HIS OWN VOICE. WHEN MARIAN HEARD IT, SHE DROPPED HER SWORD WITH A CRY OF DELIGHT. ROBIN, ROBIN, WAS ALL SHE COULD SAY. MARIAN, HE REPLIED, FULL OF WONDER. MARIAN, CAN IT BE YOU? OH, WHY DID YOU NOT SPEAK BEFORE? I HAVE HURT YOU, HE ADDED IN GREAT DISTRESS. MARIAN TOOK OFF HER HELMET, SO THAT HE MIGHT SEE IT WAS INDEED HIS OWN TRUE LOVE. HER FACE WAS PALE, BUT THERE WAS A SMILE ON HER LIPS, AND HER EYES WERE FULL OF HAPPY TEARS. WHEN MARIAN DID HEAR THE VOICE OF HER LOVE, HERSELF SHE DID QUICKLY DISCOVER, AND WITH KISSES SWEET SHE DID HIM GREAT, LIKE TO A MOST LOYAL LOVER when bold Robin Hood his Marion did see. Good Lord, what clipping was there! With kind embraces and jobbing of faces, providing of gallant cheer. It was a long, long time since they had last met. They went to the brook, which gurgled and sang through the wood not far off. Very tenderly Robin bathed and bound Marion's wound, and she as gently cared for his. And all the time they laughed and talked and Marian found that the pain had gone from her heart, and the weariness from her feet. She told Robin how sad and sorrowful she had been, and how she had put on a knight's armor, and come to look for him. "'Sweetheart,' he said, when she had finished her story, "'I do not know how I shall live in the green wood when you go away again.' "'But I never mean to go away again,' she said. "'I am going to stay with you always.' "'Dearest, you must not.' IT IS A ROUGH, UNCOMFORTABLE LIFE, NOT FIT FOR A GENTLE LADY LIKE YOU. AND SHE ANSWERED, "Oh, ROBIN, DO NOT BE SO UNKIND. THE SUN DOES NOT SHINE, AND THE BIRDS FORGET TO SING, WHEN I AM AWAY FROM YOU. LET ME STAY. AND SO ROBIN LET HER STAY. HE WANTED TO HAVE HER WITH HIM SO MUCH, THAT HE COULDN'T SAY NO, WHEN SHE BEGGED SO HARD. AND THEN AS BOLD ROBIN HOOD, AND HIS SWEET BRIDE, went hand in hand to the green bower. The birds sung with pleasure in Mary Sherwood, and t'was a joyful hour. As they walked along to the trysting tree, as the place was called where Robin and his men used to gather, they met Little John. He was very much surprised to see his master and a strange young knight, walking arm in arm, chatting and laughing. Ho, Little John! called out Robin, as soon as he saw him. Come, help me! This fair knight has pierced my heart, so that I fear I shall never recover. Little John turned pale. Master, he said, are you indeed wounded? If it is so, this false knight has not long to live. And he looked fiercely at Marion. She drew closer to Robin, saying, This big man frightens me. But Robin laughed, putting one arm round her and holding Little John off with the other. Friend, he said, I did but jest. This is no knight, but my own fair love made Marian. If my heart is pierced and sore wounded, it is only with the bright glances from her eyes. Marion, he went on, this is my friend Little John, of whom I have told you. He is the tallest and the bravest of my men, the wisest head among us. Little John knelt on one knee, and taking Marion's hand, kissed it as if she had been a queen. Lady, HE SAID, IF YOU HAVE COME TO LIVE WITH US IN THE GREEN WOOD, AND BE OUR QUEEN, AS ROBIN IS OUR KING, I SWEAR TO SERVE YOU FAITHFULLY AND WELL, AS I DO HIM. MARIAN SMILED DOWN UPON HIM. HER HEART WAS SO FULL, SHE COULD NOT SPEAK. NOW, MASTER, SAID LITTLE JOHN, WE MUST HAVE A FEAST TODAY, FOR THIS MUST BE A GREAT DAY IN THE GREEN WOOD, SO BY YOUR LEAVE I WILL TAKE MY BOW AND ARROWS. "'and see what I could bring to our cooks.' "'So Little John took his bow in hand "'and wandered in the wood "'to kill the deer and make a good cheer "'for Marion and Robin Hood. "'Robin?' said Marian, "'when Little John had gone. "'I wish I had a dress to wear "'instead of this armor.' "'Marion?' replied Robin. "'You are lovely as you are, "'but if you want a dress, "'you can soon have one. "'Not long ago... "'We stopped a trader who was traveling through the forest. "'He left a bale of goods with us. "'There are several fine dresses in it, "'of which you can take your choice. "'Come, I will show you the cave where they are.' "'Robin sat down outside the cave "'to wait till Marion came back to him again. "'He leaned his head against the trunk of a tree, "'and shutting his eyes, dreamed happy daydreams. "'Then he heard his name whispered, "'and opening his eyes, saw Marion, "'looking like a fairy princess,' She wore an underdress of glittering white, and over it a robe of lovely satin, green and shimmering like beech leaves in early spring. Her dark hair was caught up in a net of pearls, and a soft white veil fell about her face. Robin looked and drew in his breath. He had not known that anyone could look so beautiful. Slowly they paced through the green wood together. They had so much to say to each other. The time went all too quickly. Then, under the trysting tree, Robin stopped and blew his horn. In answer to it all, all his men came marching in a row. As they passed Robin, every man bowed. Then each one knelt on one knee, kissing Marion's hand, and vowing to serve and honor her as his queen. And so every man went to his place, and Marion stood blushing and smiling at them as they passed. And then the merry feast began. The cooks had done their very best, and had made all the most dainty and delightful dishes that they could think of in the woods. The tablecloths, which were spread upon the grass, were strewn with wild flowers. The sun shone, the birds sang, and happy talk and laughter rang merrily through the wood. When the feast was over, Robin filled his drinking horn, and holding it high above his head, said, "'Here's a health to Maid Marian.' Queen of the Green Wood. First Robin Hood began a health, to Marion, his onely dear, and his yeomen, all both comely and tall, did quickly bring up the rear. For in a brave vein they toast off the bulls, whilst thus they did remain, and every cup, as they drank up, they filled with speed again. It was a fine sight to see all his men as they sprang to their feet, They looked so handsome and tall in their coats of Lincoln green. They waved their hats and cheered for Maid Marian, till the forest echoed again. "'Here's to fair Maid Marian and bold Robin Hood,' they cried. "'Long may they live, and happy may they be.' Then came fat and jolly Friar Tuck carrying his big book and trying to look grave. A hush fell upon everyone, while Robin and Marian knelt together under the blue sky and green waving branches." very solemn and still it was, in the green forest, as Robin and Marian were married. Then a garlanded they brought her, by two and by two, and placed it all on the bride's head. Then music struck up, and they all fell to dance, and the bride and bridegroom they led. Everyone was happy and merry, only Little John felt the least bit sad. "'Now Robin has such a lovely wife, he will not need his friends any more,' he said sorrowfully to himself. But Maid Marion saw that he looked sad, and guessed why, so she talked kindly to him, and soon he was as merry as the rest. They sang and danced and played, and no one seemed to tire. At last they ended their merriment, and went to walk in the wood, when little John on Maid Marion attended.' and bold Robin Hood. And so this happy day came to an end. The red sun sank behind the trees. The birds slept, and all the forest was silent. Only the bright stars were awake, and watched over Robin and his band. Robin and Marian lived together for a long, long time, and were very, very happy. They lived so happily together, and loved each other so much, that to love like Robin Hood and Maid Marian came to be a proverb. And to this day, in the place where Maid Marian lived before she went to the green wood, and where she was buried and when she died, they give a prize each year to the man and wife who have lived most happily together. In solid content, together they lived, with all their yeomen gay. They lived by their hands, without any lands. And so they did, many a day. And many adventures will follow. Thanks for joining us at 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales. We always ask that our Apple listeners send us a review. And we have some new ones. Thanks to all of you for being such great fans. Your reviews do make a difference. Today we had the best ranking we've ever reached in the U.S., number 20 in literature. Thanks to your reviews. Keep them coming. We'll keep the great stories coming. Here are a few recent reviews for you. And this one, five stars, interesting stories. Thank you for reading these interesting stories. And that was from Russia. And this one from the U.S. Great stories. This guy is great. He has the perfect voice for telling classic stories. I look forward to every episode. That from Cahaba Bomb, U.S. And this one from Al Baru in Australia. Brilliant, clear, and precise diction is easy to follow. As an Aussie, American accents can be difficult to follow. But you are easy listening. The stories are a great way to pass the time on tedious, long trips. Keep up the great work. Alberu, Australia. And this one from the U.S., five stars. Keep up with the classics. Thank you for being the audio of our class's classics. My students appreciate your help with reading and listening to these stories. That from FineApple77. And this one, great for commuting. John does a fantastic job curating the selected short stories, bringing in the right mix of engaging tales, read in a way that truly brings them to life. Thanks to this podcast, I now look forward to my daily commute. That's from CULVE4282, and that's U.S. And this one, from A Busy Mama, five stars. Great podcast. Love these. Makes my drive go much faster. And this one, Edifying, five stars. Stories by the Greatest Authors, Told by a Master Storyteller. That one from Hats and Boots, Great Britain. And this one, Five Stars, Great Stories and Narration. I was so immersed today in Part 1 of To Build a Fire by Jack London that I felt like I was there in Alaska with the protagonist. I thought I knew cold when I was in New York during the winter of 1999, but London's story, along with the convincing narration, elicited a real sense of fear in me. That one from Johnny Gizmo, U.S. And this one, another top-notch 1001 podcast, five stars. Great podcast, as usual. I laughed so hard while listening to The Ransom of Red Chief, I thought my sides were going to split. Keep up the great work, Mr. Hagedorn. Kyle, from K-Paint, 84, U.S. And this one, awesome. This is one of the best podcasts I've ever come across. With such a wonderful host, you can't ask for more. This podcast has touched my life and heart in so many different ways. Thank you for doing such wonderful shows. That one from Vijendra in India. Thank you all so very, very, very much for taking the time to leave these for us. It really helps us in the rankings. This is your host and storyteller, John Hagedorn, and this is our story. We'll be back soon. Hello, everyone. I have an announcement for all of you. Number one, please forgive my hoarse voice. It's temporary. And number two, on Saturday, December 1st, uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, look for the first of 31 shows we're doing each night at 1001 Radio Days, and we're calling it 31 Days of Christmas Memories. You're going to get some fantastic old-time radio, some shows that I handpicked. I think you'll enjoy them all. So uh, that's a little extra for you for the month of December, and I hope you do subscribe to 1001 Radio Days if you're not there already. You Apple users can find it at Apple, and we'll leave the links in the show notes for you. And Android users, you've got all your options, but you can try Stitcher.com for 1001 Radio Days or CastBox.fm for 1001 Radio Days. Two excellent places to go. Enjoy!